Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Jen A. I'm here in Colorado, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Today is Tuesday, February 27, 2024. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter titled Bill's Story. We're on page five, and paragraph number six is the one we're reading today. It begins with renewing my resolve, dot, 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 through one paragraph. We're going to read, and it ends with, and I did it. And we're going to comment only on that one paragraph. Should be a great meeting today. Today's readers uh, for Team Tuesday, we have the 12 Steps with Tony B. 12 Traditions is Judy O. Readers of the text is Ramona A. Closing reader is Crystal R. And our backup reader today is Rena L. Our newcomer greeter is Maria H. And our second hour moderator today will be Christine G. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, February 26, 2024, are the following. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording, we have 21,170. That's 21170. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 21,169. 21169. Here's the Overeaters Anonymous preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. Dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, and we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. Always this tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tony B. to read the 12 steps. Thank you. Hello, friends. My name's Tony B, and I am certainly a compulsive overeater, gratefully recovered in Scotland. Here are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. Well, thank you so much, Tony B. from Scotland. I will now ask Judy O. to read the 12 Traditions. Thank you. Hi, I'm Judy, recovering compulsive of the EDA. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should consist. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop overeating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those we serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Yeah. Appreciate you, Judy O. from New Jersey. Well, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, and then we're going to stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. However, there's no abstinence requirement for sharing on the topic. This meeting does request that when you share, your share be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you press star one to unmute your phone, and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then you'll press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So today, we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, in a chapter titled Bill's Story. It's in the big book on page five, and it's the sixth paragraph. I will now ask Ramona A. to begin reading. Good morning, everyone. This is Ramona A. from Vermont, a recovered compulsive overeater. Renewing my resolve, I tried again. 
Some time passed, and confidence began to be replaced by cocksuredness. I could laugh at the gin mills. Now I had what it takes. One day, I walked into a cafe to telephone. In no time, I was beating on the bar, asking myself how it happened. As the whiskey rose in my head, rose in my head, I told myself I would manage better next time. But might as well get good and drunk then, and I did. Renewing my resolve, I tried again. That's my story. (laughs) I didn't understand that God would help me. On the contrary, I thought I had to make myself spin to please him. After all, the world around me, the people I loved, demanded that, it seemed, as a condition of their love for me. And even those I didn't love, even those I didn't know, thought they had a right to demand that as a condition of respect. So, of course, I demanded it of myself, and I am a persistent, strong-headed person, and I wanted the love and respect, so I never stopped trying. I tried again and again, one diet after another, or pay and whey, or pills, or exercise, or laxatives, you name it. No, this, whatever came on the market, I would try that. But I always found myself pounding on the bar again, so to speak, always taking that first bite for some crazy assumption my brain came up with or someone else's idea easier or maybe it would get me, you know, the foods that I wanted. Um, Like, you know, they say, well, you've lost the weight. Let's go out and get our favorite treat. That was my friend. Or I'm a goal weight, so I can go in this store and buy a candy bar and no one will stare at me with the same thing that's in my head one day after I reached that goal weight. Or a nurse who ran a program who told us to eat the food we we liked until we found it disgusting. I knew before I started that would never work for me. You know, I would never find it disgusting or even if I did, I would still go back to it. So those those weren't, um, weren't solutions for me. And boy, once I started, I couldn't stop. And the pounds went on again, and I felt totally demoralized, as Bill talks about in another part of the book. Um, But it still didn't stop me. I just kept eating to ease that pain. And round and round I went. Until that was until I found OA. So I found OA, and I began to understand my illness. And I began to understand that God would help me, that I didn't have to be self-reliant in this all the rest of my life and fight this battle all by myself all the rest of my life. I could, I could get the help from going to, you know, from this program and from my higher power. And then's when I found hope, and then's when I found recovery, and then in. Uh, <clears throat> In the vision for you, I found that I could be recovered and not have to pursue the food anymore. So with that, I please. Oh, well, that was perfect, Ramona. Thanks for opening us up with your share today. We appreciate it. And we do also value everyone else's experience on the line today. We ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. 
So if you're interested in sharing, please give me one at a time, your first name, the first initial of your last name, and then your state when you get up to share. Go right ahead. Julie G. Katie G. from Boston. So I heard Julie and Katie. Um, Julie, what's the first initial of your last name? M. Julie M. Thanks, Gina S. Did you hear Melissa C? I did, Melissa. Thank you. Ken WH. Julie, Katie, Melissa, Tina, Ken WH. Who else? Lisa C. Thanks, Lisa. So Lisa C. All right, those will be our six starters for this morning. I have Julie M, Katie G, Melissa C, Tina S, Ken WH, and Lisa C. We'll start off with Julie. Go right ahead, Julie. Good morning. Hi, this is Julie M from New York. I just wanted to thank the speaker for opening up and for all your service. I um I was demoralized. I didn't know what would happen once I started eating. And um when I put the substances substances in my mo- in my mouth, I was off to the races because I couldn't control what I was doing. And um when I came to OA, I had a temporary relief and then it went from temporary to a binge, and then to a relapse, um, and I didn't know what was happening. So when I came to the rooms of vision last March, um, a miracle happened because I was devastated, and um, I heard the solution, and I heard the eagerness that people had, and I wanted that. And I don't feel demoralized today because I have a concrete food plan and a higher power in my life that loves me unconditionally and all of you that have listened to me for the last almost year. So I thank you for allowing me to share and everyone have a blessed day. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you sharing with us this morning. And next up, we'll have Katie G. Following Katie G will be Melissa C. Hey, Jen. Good morning. Thanks for taking the meeting. This is KDG Recovered in Boston. And um, I love this. Confidence began to be replaced by cocksuredness, which is overconfidence. You know, um, a lot of times I said early on in recovery that I chose to eat. I have no power to choose to eat. I have no choice to choose to eat. And I have no control to choose to eat. Because when I really think about it, if I think about the consequences of compulsive eating, I would never, I'd never choose to eat, right? Um, And so, so much of my surrender to step one is that self-reliance fails me. Like, I can't go into, um, I can't, I can't look at a candy bar and think I can control you. And the problem is, this is really stupid stuff that I'm powerless over. Like, I hate to, I don't mean to be negative Nelly, but like, it's weird that I'm powerless over a scale. It's weird that I'm powerless over 
you know, exercise. But you know what? When I surrender to the fact that I have a disease, I am just like a diabetic. I have no power. I have no choice. And I have no control. If you put me into the ring with a body scale, I will succumb to that body scale each and every time. It will become my God. It will do things for me that I cannot do for myself. And then it will all but tear me to ribbons. And that to me is what this paragraph is talking about. And when I concede to my innermost self that I have no power, no choice, and no control, then I am forced to concede that there is a power greater than me, and it's not me. And the most beautiful thing about this program is that when I break open, when I fully surrender to that crazy scale, right, the body scale that tells me, I think, I think it tells me whether I'm good or bad. When I, when I fully concede that I have no power over it, I'm free. <clears throat> I'm free because today I ask God each and every day for a sober, sane, and abstinent day. Each day I surrender, okay, God, I don't know, I don't care how silly it is, but I need to commit my exercise. And if I go over that commitment, that's an issue. I don't go over that commitment because I have to have integrity today. And if I can't commit to having 30, 30 minutes, point uh, zero of exercise, how am I going to commit that to other things in the rest of my life? Right? And I cannot manage better. There's no day out there that I'm going to start controlling all this. I must have a power greater than me. He must be larger and do all things for me. And the good news is, if you're out there wondering where your God is, God is right within. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Melissa C., you're up next. Good morning. Good morning, Jen. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, when I when I think about that renewal of my resolve, like, for me, that was, that was my magical Monday. You know, that was like the Mondays uh, in the beginning of the month, preferably, or in the beginning of, you know, the, the year when I was going to have all this power to be someone and do something that I could never do on my own, and I, I look at the word resolve, and I I see in it, you know, resolve, which is like, I'm going to resolve this. I'm going to fix this problem yet again, and um, and my whole life was spent, you know, renewing my resolve, putting, putting down the food, thinking that I can handle it. You know, that idea of cocksuredness is, is, you know, for me... Um, and there's a lot of background information. I mean, a lot of background noise um, from the NBA. But, um, you know, for me, um, I, I, I need a food scale. I have to put my food on a scale because I would be overly confident and cocksured, even in a recovered state, to think that I know the right quantity for this body. I just, that part of me also seems broken. And, you know, I know. When I, when I hear this part of the story and he, you know, has a drink in a bar and then believes that he has a thought that says, you know, I may as well get good and drunk. You know, I, I only thought that I had control over my binge in the midst of the binge. You know, I thought, okay, I'm going to binge now. I want to binge now. I'm making the choice to binge now. And, 
that's not really the truth here. He didn't really decide. I'm assuming he's not what I am, right? He's not really deciding after he took the drink that, you know what, I may as well get good and drunk. That's the lie the disease tells me, makes me believe that even in my lack of control, somehow I'm controlling him. Somehow I'm making that decision. And I, I remember years ago when I was, was, you know, in Weight Watchers, I remember the Weight Watchers leader one time telling us this story about putting dishes away in the dishwasher and breaking the glass. And she said, you know, and the crazy, and she was trying to give us like this analogy. She said, you break a glass, but don't take every glass out of your dishwasher and smash them on the floor. You make the best of the situation, right? And she was talking about overeating. She was saying if you keep something wrong, you're not destined to do it again and again and again. But he doesn't have or he didn't have what I had because if I break that glass, so to speak, I'm breaking every glass in that dishwasher because I've triggered an allergy, no control over it, and I can't make a resolution against it. And um, I'm grateful to know that there is a power there. And that one's gone. With that, I'll Perfect timing. Thanks, Melissa C. Tina S., you're up next, followed by Ken W.H. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Jen. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Um, thanks for your service. Uh, well, what a great paragraph, you know. Um, love the shares, too. Um, what I, renewing my resolve. This kind of today makes me laugh. But it was so... You know, part the first half of my uh, addiction was all about compulsively eating, binging, and starving. That was my routine, and you know, and uh, you know, by the time I you know, when I got to the, the perfect weight, then it was like you know, that's where it was. It, uh, my confidence was replaced by cocksureness that I got this thing now, you know, and um, and then it never lasted, you know. Then I would be back into food, and I love what it talks about at the end, you know. Uh, I might, but I might as well get good and drunk then. You know, once I started, I may as well just, you know, eat everything in sight. And then, then there came a point when I, you know, first came to um, Overeaters Anonymous. You know, I got this great food plan. Um, and then, you know, being the restrictor that I was, I started to diet the food plan, and then began my anorexia phase of my addiction. And and then it was just all downhill. You know, and I love that people talk, ended their shares with a lot about, you know, coming to the rooms and really, you know, not only getting the food plan, that is a great tool for me, but, you know, I have to work these steps so that I'm a changed person that I, you know, because if I stay the same, I will do the same thing, you know, and so today, one day at a time, I become a changed person by practicing these principles in all my affairs and definitely giving this thing away, because if I do not give it away, I will not keep it. And so today, you know, I'm so grateful for the line, so grateful for the people here that you know this this meeting has some great recovery and i'm really really grateful to listen to you all so with that i'll pass thanks thanks so much tina s up next we have ken wh followed by lisa c hey there ken hey jen good morning this is ken wh recovering compulsive eater from north carolina um renewing my resolve i tried again (laughs) I think that this wraps up the whole thing right there for me. I tried again and again and again and again and again. Um, And I got confident and I could laugh at the bakery stores. I could walk by them. I could even go in and take a deep breath if I wanted to. And I would be fine. Thank you very much. 
because um, I had what it takes. <laughs> uh, not. Um, things uh, just constantly fell apart the day after, and um, that resolve would come in, and then, you know, I'd get to that place where I'd, I'd get broken for a day and fall down on my knees and have all this resolve and everything else, and I'm ready to go, and the next day, uh, it didn't take much. All it took was putting some of that stuff into my body, whatever it was that triggers me, and um, off I go. As it rose to my head, <laughs> uh, you know, we talk about lack of knowledge, and um, here Bill's not even talking about knowledge as far as I'm concerned. He's just talking about will, self-will, and uh, that was me. I didn't have to think about the day before. I didn't have to know what happened yesterday. That didn't matter, and didn't. Uh, it didn't lead me uh, today in making my decisions. So uh, my brain basically is shut down when it comes to food. Um, and um, thank God today that uh, I did reach a point. It took a long time, but I did reach a point where instead of uh, I renewed my resolve uh, that I simply said, I can't do this. I cannot do this. End of sentence, um, period. I can't, and I need help. And that's the bottom line for me. I need help. And Bill was still on his own trying to do it himself. But I need help. And um, I'm grateful that I found that help here and uh, am living one day at a time in a beautiful recovery. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Ken WH. Up next, we're going to have Lisa C. Lisa, give me just a second to let uh, folks know where we're at before you share. If you just got on the line today, we're resuming our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter titled Bill's Story on the Big Book. In the, that is the Big Book, <laughs> on page five, the sixth paragraph. And we're reading Renewing My Resolve through one paragraph ending with, and I did it. So that's what people are sharing on this morning. Um, we're going to have Lisa C. go ahead and take a share, and then I'll take another list of names. Good morning, Lisa. Where are you calling in from today? Hi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Thank you so much, Jen. Thanks, everyone. Thank God for this meeting. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, uh, I find myself <laughs> feeling so jittery at times reading Bill's story, um, you know, and this isn't, this isn't Bill's autobiography. This isn't Bill's life story. This is a memoir um, that is focused on um, the disease of alcoholism and the path to recovery. And, um, um, and I find myself, you know, reliving the disease uh, in the reading and, and sometimes feeling so um, despondent, you know, like that was me. That is me. I'm still this person. Um, you know, how quickly confidence can shift to cocksureness for me still, you know, that very flimsy line between contentedness and vanity for me, you know, and I still have to chase down and beat down these notions that, there's an if only, if only this, then that, you know, it's like, it's like I never left high school logic. (laughs) 
know, I took, you know, high school, uh, you know, uh, AP logic or something like that, you know, all these tautological statements that just torture my mind. This is the mind of an alcoholic, the ego of an alcoholic. Um, you know, uh, I either felt myself to be um, just the worst <laughs> or I was better than everyone. And uh, recovery forces me in this beautiful way to, like, be just right, to be right-sized, to trust my higher power that I have to be honest, you know, um, I'm still very early in my recovery, right? And um, it's like I still have to reformulate my conception of my higher power all the time. I have to keep making my God bigger because life uh, continues to present the things over which I would eat. <laughs> and I, I just have to stay spiritually fit. Um, and, and that means surrendering everything. And that means constantly undoing the thinking um, and turning it over to God. You know, oh, there's that thought again that, you know, gosh, if, if, if my hips were a little wider, <laughs> my waist were a little smaller or Gosh, you know, if those little crow's feet would just kind of go away, if I could just go back in time, right, then I'll be happy. No, happiness is right here, right now for all of us. It is for you. It's for me. And um, it, is, it is there even in the most diseased moments. Um, so I guess, I guess I just want to turn it around because when I first uh, <laughs> decided to share, I was like, gosh, but I'm feeling kind of down reading this. And now God shows up again for me and for all of us. Um, I see the hope. Uh, I see the hope because I know that um, Bill is reaching his bottom and, and, and there's a way out and it's here. God bless you all. And with that, I pass. Well, perfect. Thanks, Lisa C. from New Jersey. Great timing. And thanks for your share. All right, so we got 30 more minutes on the clock, folks, and more time to share. We do value everyone's experience, and we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So please give me one at a time your first name and the first initial of your last name. You can give your state um, when you get up to pitch. Go right ahead. Toby. Toby. Kelly. Leslie. Leslie W. Okay, let me Va tell you who I heard. I heard Toby, and then I think I heard Kelly and Leslie, and then Vasa. Darian K. Julie P. Lisa B. T. Julie. Loretta A. Hold on Elise just a second. N. Lisa B. T. Okay, I think that's enough. Elise I don't know that we'll Elise get them. Okay. I'm going to spell names wrong here. Because uh, I'm writing too many at the same time. Woohoo! Okay, this is fun. I have Toby, Kelly, Leslie, Vasa, Darian. I better spell that right. Okay. Julie. I think I have a Julie in there. Elisa BT and then an Elise. So that's more than a time allotted. So if everybody keeps it brief, we'll be able to get all these brilliant chairs in. We're going to start at the top with Toby followed by Kelly. Go right ahead, Toby. Good morning, Jen and everybody. Uh, Toby W. from Boston, a absent food addict. I was just remembering the day when I had the resolve 
and I'm driving in my car, and I'm talking to a fellow in program, and I drive up to the bakery, and I don't tell her that that's where I'm going or that's where I am. It's like the car automatically went there. And as I told her, well, I'm at my destination. I'll talk to you later. And I thought, this is what normal people do. And normal people went into the bakery, and I'll have one of these and one of those and one of these and one of those. And I bought three or four. I don't remember how many. And I went back into my car, and I kept thinking, this is what normal people do. And I sat in my car, and I ate one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And then I was off and running. And <laughs> and I was just thinking about that time. And I just wanted to share that, thank God, thank God today, I don't have one of these and one of those and one of the other. I just have my abstinence clean food. And I am so grateful, so, so grateful. And I just want to say to those of you out there that might be saying, Oh, my God, I'm too old. I don't want to start. I'm 88, and I just had seven months plus a few days of clean abstinence in a way I never had it before. God has taken away the obsession and taken away the desire. I live in assisted living, eat what they eat, and sometimes... What they eat looks beautiful, and I see it as art, not anything I can eat or wish to eat. And I'm so grateful for a life I never thought I would have. And I thank you, and thanks, Jen, for everything you're doing today. And I pass. That's so awesome. Thanks, Toby W. from Boston for sharing the miracle. Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, you're up next. Go right ahead. Good morning, guys. Thanks, Jen, for your service. Yes, Kelly F., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grateful to be on the lines. And, um, oh, my gosh, I love Bill. I am Bill. I thought like Bill. I felt like Bill. And I ate like Bill drank. And this is my story. And this is my story in the rooms of OA because you guys know I've been here the majority of my life. So these paragraphs describe what I did in these rooms, right? Because why? Where Bill is, where I was for decades, was I didn't understand my powerlessness. I didn't understand what the real compulsive eater meant, right? My inability to stop and my inability to stay stopped. I lacked the power. I didn't understand that, even here in these rooms, right? So I'd get abstinence because abstinence was my goal. You know, if I could just get on a food plan and lose weight, which I did several times, I'd get my eating under control. But I didn't understand that I lacked this true power. I mean, I'd use God occasionally, right, to help me do those foxhole prayers, but I wasn't developing this relationship with this power that I needed because then what happened? I'd get those strange mental blank spots, right? No mental defense because as we hear it says, I'm dancing with the gorilla. The gorilla's going to tell me when I'm done, right? I thought I still had power, so I'd get it together, and then I'd be abstinent, and then somehow I'd get sloppier, and then I'd lose it, and I'd binge. But you know what? Tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be different because you know why? Tomorrow I'm going to call my sponsor, or better yet, I'll get a different sponsor. I've been hearing this person on the line. I'll call them. 
Tomorrow I'll call them. Tomorrow I'll get a better food plan. Tomorrow I'll really start making up all those phone calls, and I'll check them off the list. Oh, and I've heard some people say something about spending 30 minutes with God every day, so I'll do that, right? Okay, so tomorrow I'll do that. And then I've heard somebody share on the line, I get my head on the magic pillow because I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to want to do all that stuff, right? The worst place to be was when I started waking up, and I didn't have that resolve anymore. I was in that place of hopelessness, and I woke up wanting to eat. And I did that for decades in the room. But occasionally I'd get it back together and see, I did it. I did it. I could do it, right? Then I finally heard the message. And what happened? I finally accepted my powerlessness. I finally understood I had a mental obsession that was going to drive me back. I had that physical allergy that was going to keep me in the food. And I did not have the power to do this. Until I understood that powerlessness, I continued that cycle for decades in these rooms. Grateful today, I understand I lack true power. And in order to get out of this insanity, I'm going to have to build that relationship with God. Yes, I put the food down. Yes, I get busy working these steps. Why? Because I lack power and I need a higher power. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome, Kelly. Well, from Tulsa to Tennessee, up next we have Leslie W. Leslie, go right ahead. Yay. Hey, Jen. This is Leslie W. from Tennessee. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And so happy to be here this morning. I usually don't get to come to this meeting um, because I'm usually at work by now, but um, I'm off today, so I am privileged to be here amongst all my fellows. And this paragraph I wanted to share on because it reminds me of a lot of other things in my life. Um, Nothing will really motivate me (laughs) as much as a challenge being told that I can't do something um, you know that that always has been a motivating factor for me throughout my life being told I can't uh, I won't make it or um, I don't have what it takes or well you know um, you're just I don't know you're just a, a small-town girl what, what can you possibly do um, out there in the real world and the food told me that too. You know, um, you can't you can't resist me. You know, it's like that little piece of chocolate cake sitting on that plate. Just you can't don't don't you can't resist me. You know you can't resist me. Just take a bite. Just give in. But I don't want to give in. I, I want to fight. I'm a fighter. You know, so I just kept fighting the food. Again and again and again and again, and I I see this pattern with with other aspects of my life, not just the food. Now that I have perspective, now that the food is down and has been down for seven years, you know, I see that there are a lot of other things in my life that I fight, and I'm the kind of person that you just, you know, you gotta, I gotta be nailed down, and I'll be I'll be kicking and screaming as five people are, you know, (laughs) strapping me down. Um, My anger and my ambition and my rebellion can really drive me. And it will take me pretty far until I can't, until I will reach a point where I say, okay, I'm done. You know, I surrender. Um, And you know, I didn't know how long that would take for me. I don't think any of us know how long 
that takes. But once we reach our breaking point and finally surrender to a higher power and say, I can't, I can't do this. You know, I heard that said in an earlier share, I can't do this, whatever this is. Um, and that's, that's the point where God, I think, can rush in and help us. But not till we get to that point, not till I get to that point. So, um, and until I get to that Thank point, you. I'm just going to, I'm going to continue to suffer. So, um, thanks, Jen, for your service. Pass. Thank you, Leslie W. from Tennessee. Up next, we have Vasa O. followed by Darian K. Good morning, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Jen, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And uh, yeah, Bill's story. I at first I couldn't identify. So I'm not an alcoholic. I guess I'm a food addict, which I didn't even know. I was a food addict. Uh, it was a disease. I had no clue about any of that. And I learned that here, you know. And I had the food allergy, which I didn't even know I had it. And uh, and like Bill, I you know like I tried and tried many times over the years to put the food down, and finally I gave in. I said, with everything I tried, it just wasn't working, so I might as well eat more and more and get sicker and sicker and die because I had no control left, you know. And, uh, I, and I couldn't relieve myself from the food addiction. No other human power could relieve me. I needed to find a power greater than myself. And I was ready and I was willing. I remember saying... Yeah, give me, give me that power. Give me that, give me whatever. I cannot go on living like this uh, with, the, with, with the, the, the disease of food addiction until I came to the 12 steps. And, uh, and I found a power greater than myself. And I thought I needed, how am I going to find a power greater? Do I have to, I want to touch it. I want to see it. I want to have a conversation face to face. Well, it doesn't work like that. God speaks through me, through people, you know. And I'm just so grateful. This program is a gift. And what a gift I've been given. I never thought I would be today. You know, yes, you know, I came for the vanity and I stayed for the sanity. And I'm grateful and grateful. Yeah, the food was down. I don't know how long it took to be relieved from the compulsion then I needed to continue with the rest of the steps, number four and five, which were very important but very difficult to do because I was not running to the food for the comfort, and then continue with the rest of the steps. So I, it is by the grace of God I got my abstinence right from the first night. I went to the meeting, and I made a commitment to my sponsor, myself, and God, you got God, you gotta give me the power, you gotta give me the strength to get to the obsession with the food. And it was not easy going through the withdrawals. I wanted to cry like a baby. I couldn't even imagine my life not going to the alcoholic foods for the rest of my life. My sponsor said, one day at a time, one meal at a time, with the food and the alcoholic foods. And I could do it for one day, and I could do it for another day, and thank God for it. And then I could do it for another day. It has gotten me years and years 
by working the 12 steps. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Up next, we have Darian Kay, followed by Julie. Good morning, Darian. Good morning, Jen. Hi, this is Darian Kay um, in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. Oh, so grateful to be on the line with all of you and grateful to be willing again today to want to really, really want this program. Like, thank you, God. I can never take that for granted when I wake up in the morning and I desire this program and I desire to put my food on the scale and eat abstinently and then call into a meeting and get all filled up and and you know there's some dear friends on this line and it feels like a warm fuzzy blanket around my heart um you know we've just known each other for millions of years it seems <laughs> and um you know I, I just I just feel like so so much like I belong to something you know I never felt that way before program uh, I was always so much on the outside looking in, you know, like that little girl looking into the window of a toy store, you know, just like, aw, look how cool those things are. I want to be in there doing that or I am that, you know, just always felt so much like an outsider. And when I come to these rooms and I hear people sharing, um, I just feel so much a part of it, and I, and I thank you all for that. And, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, I'm a little different in regard to, like, the willingness. I had willingness on Monday, <laughs> and that's it, you know. Um, I really wanted to lose 50 pounds on Monday, you know. And, um, or maybe maybe a couple of days during the week, forget the weekends. Weekends, why would you diet on the weekends? That's just ridiculous. And, um, and, and then, you know, I would blow it. And then that high resolve would come again on Monday. And I would blow, and it was just, it was just a crazy cycle of failure. And um, today, I don't live like that. You know, um, it's not that I have success, but I have willingness and I have surrender um, on a daily basis to know that this food, um, you know, like Katie said, it seems ridiculous to be powerless over food. But I am, and I know that, and with awareness, you know, comes the acceptance, and then after the acceptance comes action. And so for me, the action, you know, takes place in the tools and doing the steps. And it's so important for me to remember that all of that together is the recipe for success, um, including my higher power and, um, you know, the grace of God, which speaks through all of you. I really believe that when I put this meeting on or I go to any meeting, um, you know, I hear God's message through others. Um, and so I keep showing up to that and um, and happily. You know, I read somewhere Hi, that please. we Yeah, thank you. We don't join this program. We we are this program. You know, this is my life. This is not just part of my life. And so I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. I pass. Thanks so much, Jerry and Kay. Up next, we have Julie, Lisa, and Elise. If you guys each take two, we'll be able to get everybody in today. Julie, what's the first initial of your last name and where are you calling from today? Good morning. My name is Julie P. from Minnesota, currently, uh, or from Minnesota, now uh, currently in Texas. I am a recovered compulsive eater, and I really want to thank everybody for reminding me along with this paragraph in the book of who I am. 
And I know this morning that I am one thought, one bite away from beating on the bar again. And I am just so grateful this morning that um, the first three words out of my husband's mouth this morning lit my fire. And I am so grateful today that I know who I am and that if I don't continue to do this work on a daily basis, that I will pour gas all over that fire and I will be off to the races with my emotions. And by the end of the day, I will be beating my fist on the bar saying what happened. So thank you all for saving my life today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Julie P. from Minnesota to Texas. Up next, we have Lisa B.T. Lisa, where are you calling from? Hi, good morning. I'm calling from uh, uh, near Toronto in Canada. Um, I just wanted to say um, a couple of things. I'm a recovered, gratefully recovered um, compulsive overeater um, one day at a time. And I've been you know, doing okay and you know, living in steps um, you know, 10, 11, and 12. And something somebody said on, on this line, um, I try to come to these um, meetings most mornings because I, I too, I hear God through, through other people, had to do with step one and, 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 and power. And this, this um, paragraph today um, really made me think of something that happened to me just yesterday. I had really been reviewing, you know, step one. And... Um, the, the, uh, the, the scene is that I went to the library um, to return a book. At, once at the library, I'm right next door to my favorite little grocery store in town, which is one of those upmarket ones where everything very, looks very lovely and all that kind of stuff. And I said to myself, oh, you know, I forgot to get um, lettuce when I did my weekly grocery shopping. I should really go get that. I should really have that. Um, and and then for thanks be to God, I had the thought, if you go into that grocery store where all the things that you love are there and it's already just before dinner, you will have no power. You have no power at all in that setting. And I stood there on the sidewalk facing the grocery store and then turned the other direction towards home and walked home. And I was so unbelievably grateful for yet another layer for me in really, truly accepting step one. Um, it's been, I've been in program quite a few years now, and it has been a journey which keeps on getting deeper. And that was, I was just so grateful for that experience yesterday. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Lisa BT. And up next, we have Elise. Elise, can you tell me the first initial of your last name and where you're calling from? Yes, this is Elise um, N. I'm from Florida, but on the list it says um, Passaic, you know, New Jersey. Um, I just want to share. I'm going through a lot, and I'm having a lot of fear. And I could use some people to call me that are recovered. Um, um, and uh, as I don't know who they are on the list. Um, but that would really help. And, um, I really appreciate this program and I appreciate that I'm absent for today and 
doing my best to be recovered and following the direction of my sponsor to have a God squad, you know, and call other people um, and to get numbers. So that's all I have to share and very grateful for this meeting this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elise N. on the list, member list from New Jersey. Um, thanks for your share and hollering out. We appreciate that. People will give you a call. Guess what? You guys were so generous with time. I have time for one more. Anybody out there? Miriam J. Go ahead, Miriam. Go right ahead. Thank you. Miriam J. from Massachusetts. Um, I'll, I'll be short with this. Uh, this paragraph describes my relationship before recovery with food uh, perfectly. And no matter what I read in this book um, that I can't identify with, these couple of paragraphs uh, clinch it for me. Um, I may not, you know, I wasn't a soldier, uh, you know, I, I didn't work on Wall Street, I didn't have a wife. All of that stuff doesn't matter because uh, this describes exactly what has happened to me when I eat alcoholic foods or eat compulsively. Uh, you know, I, re I renewed my resolve. I was going to try again and again and again. And then when I would get it, I, I'm not so sure that I, I was, you know, uh, cocksured. But, you know, it was all about me. I didn't understand that this was a spiritual malady. It was all about the food. And... Um, and I am so very, very grateful that my higher power has led me to OA, that I have connected with a group of people who understand my problem, understand the solution, and can be there for me. And, I, you know, the gratitude is just, um, it, 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 it overwhelms me today. I'm very, very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you so much, Miriam J. from Massachusetts. Thanks for ending us on a good note there. Uh, uh, let me flip my page here. Sorry. Um, thanks to everybody who shared and joined us today. Thanks for you all that were on the line listening. You're important, too. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Grab your pen and paper. Here's the share ID today for this awesome meeting. On Tuesday, February 27, 2024, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The share ID number is 21,172. That's 21172. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Crystal P. from Toronto please go ahead? Good morning. This is uh, Crystal R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. 
Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thanks so much, Crystal R. I forget. She's married. All these cool things happen in recovery. They're going to stop the recording, and then we'll, uh, I'll ask everybody to press star one to unmute. God. God. Uh, 